I've got something funny to start with. One day, Jesus and Satan were having a contest to see who was better at computers. After six hours of working on spreadsheets and designing web pages, a thunderstorm knocked the power out. When they rebooted their computer, Satan started screaming, It's all lost! All my work, all my material is gone! Meanwhile, Jesus quietly walked over, printed out all his stuff, and turned it in. Satan complained, It's not fair! He must have cheated. How come he didn't lose his material? God the Father says, Jesus saves. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> the sometimes hit and miss sometimes, but it was okay. This was, okay, whatever. So good. Okay, so in the middle of the series, right, on living free. Living free. Are you enjoying this series? It's so good. We've been joining from overseas. We've been joining, and it's just been wonderful just to tag along and see what God is doing in the life groups and people's lives. And, man, it's just, it's just an important thing. Catherine and I, we, we had quite a journey a few years ago doing this kind of stuff. We went to a David Riddell, Living Wisdom, uh, Living Free, Living Wisdom school to be able to have a checkup from the neck up to sort out our brains, to sort out our think, stinking thinking, to make sure we think the right thoughts, you know, because I was thinking all kinds of weird thoughts. And uh, Catherine, not as much, but I did. And so we just basically uh, did stuff, and God really ministered to us for years. We did this course, uh, even at our home, in a life group, and it just sorted our lives out. Because you can, be, you, know, you can be walking on water, and some people have walked on water, like Jesus and Peter, but there's others I know who walked on water. And it's very good. But the thing is, though, if you are emotionally a wreck, then it doesn't really help how spiritual you can be. We were moving mountains, but if you don't feel good about yourself, and you're still in this whole thing of, of orphanage, often spirit, and you have those bad thoughts, you need to take captive those thoughts and make them obedient to Christ. So this whole course, and emotionally, we can be wrecked. So it's, it's important that we keep being honest and vulnerable through the normal things that are happening in our brain and in, in our brain and our emotions, right? I mean, spiritually, we can be awesome, but the thing is, though, what about the stuff, you know? And so, uh, you know, the stuff comes into our lives, right? And so living free is very, very important. Every year, we want to focus on these things. We, we believe harmony as we started Harmony, it was very much the harmony of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Harmony in the sense of music, worship as our values, but also harmony in body, soul, spirit. We want to make sure that we, that we feed every part of it. Because if we don't, if we neglect one of them, we're going to be out of kilter and we won't be happy Christians and happy people, right? So it's very important in this way. Now today I want to talk about the rhythms of life. And it's amazing how many rhythms, or actually a few rhythms, that we have that are very important at the core of our being. We have like a daily rhythm, right? This morning we got up, breakfast, do your stuff, have lunch, have dinner, go to bed and sleep. Normally a third or so we sleep every day. It's like a daily rhythm that God has given to us. And then there's the, the weekly rhythm, which is like seven days, Monday to Sunday. Weekly habits like this. And it's amazing how fragile the time clock is that we have. If we're doing this rhythm well, and we rest well, and we work hard, play hard, and we do this well, then we're happy people, generally. But if something is out of kilter, then it doesn't work very well. Now, we went to Holland, and the jet lag was not very, very, very bad. When you go that way, it's not very bad. Coming back, we didn't expect this, did we? All of us. It's terrible. It's like for a whole week, you don't know when you're alive, when you're sleeping, when you're waking up, and your whole time clock is all out of kilter. And you're tired, and you're grumpy, and it just doesn't work. It's amazing how sensitive our systems are and how much God created us to be in this kind of time clock into the rhythms of life in this way. Amen? 
I always say work hard, but also play hard. Work hard, but also play hard. If it's all work and no play, you will start being depressed. You'll start getting tired. You'll start being irritated, irritating to other people, right? Not a happy camper. We need to make sure that we have the balance in life of work and of rest. Now, God gave us a template here in Genesis 2. He worked creation and then he rested. Genesis 2, verse 2. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Everybody say all. All his work. All, all, all his work. Who said all? Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all, all, all his work of creating what he had done. Great, great template for humanity, which we still use right now. It's amazing, really, isn't it? That we still use that template, how the rhythms of life is like that. Now, he says he worked hard, but then he stopped and rested from all, all. Even God did not check his emails, text, Facebook, website. It's so tempting, isn't it? I mean, me, like a worker, working hard or working. I won't call myself a workaholic, but I'm a hard worker. The problem with me is a little bit is that I love my work. So it's also my hobby. I mean, who wants my job? Oh, you don't want my job? Okay. <laughs> well, believe it or not, with all the pain and all the suffering that comes with this job, I actually really like it. And I actually, it's also my hobby. So it's actually really hard for me to take a break. But I'm learning. I'm actually getting, a God's my witness, I'm actually learning when I'm getting a bit older. <laughs> Don't laugh. <laughs> so mean. That is so mean. Here I'm trying my best, you know, and here's this failure again, you know, like this. No, no, I'm really, I'm really trying to learn. And when I go through it, you'll be impressed. No, you won't be. But the thing is, it's good. Though. We're on a journey together, right? That's all good. All good. So God blessed this day and made it holy. The seventh day, he actually made it holy. There's something separate. There's something consecrated about this day. It's part of the rhythm of life. And if we don't keep to it, and I have at many times not kept to it, then you get tired, you get burnt out, and you run dry. And many of us are like this. We run dry because we're working so hard. It's a bit like an X. Many of us are working hard with X, you know. It was sharp a long time ago. But now your X is really blunt. But you just keep on because you don't want to rest. You don't want to take time out. You don't want to rejuvenate, recalibrate, re re restore yourself. You want to take a break. And so you keep on cutting, but it gets harder and harder with a blunt X, right? Because you've got to restore and get this thing sharpened again. It's a great illustration of how this can be in our lives when we don't take breaks in our lives. Now, one thing I do quite well, and Catherine's my witness because he's the closest to me in my life, I do quite self-care quite well. If I need a break, I'll go away. He says, what are you doing? You're going away. He says, oh, I need a break. And then Catherine, the responsible one, will say, no, no, I've got to be here and I've got to keep at this thing. Not you don't take breaks, but you're not I said, no, I need to go away. I need to have a break. And so I will be. You find me snoozing in my chair at 2 o'clock in the afternoon or maybe somewhere on a different day. I'll, I'll take a break. If I have to go away or run out the door uh, out of a meeting, I will, I will self-care because I know that I need that stuff together. And so I'll take away. I don't know how your self-care is, but you need to look after yourself. It's not selfish to look after yourself. Don't look after yourself. You're not going to be a good person to live with, right? You've got to have self-care in your life. 
need to relax. That was like a bow, you know, like a bow. It's always stretched and tension all the time. It will snap after a while. It can't be always like this. And if it is like this, your life will snap. Something will snap. And so whether it's your mental faculties, whether it's an emotional thing, whether it's a physical thing of your body because you're not relaxing or exercising, or whether it's a spiritual thing, we've got to really watch out that we don't live in this tension all the time. Because something will snap in your life. And we were not made this way. Amen? So that's why God made the Sabbath. Now the Sabbath actually means to cease or to stop working. To cease or stop working. Jesus said in Mark 2. Then Jesus said to them, the Sabbath is made to meet the needs of the people and not the people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a, is a gift to humanity. It's a gift to us. To meet our needs. What kind of needs do we have? We have a need that our body functions well, is rested and exercised, stay healthy and not get sick. We have a need for good marriages and relationships, so we need time for them. We need, relaxed, we need all kinds of things in our life to make sure that we stay healthy in our time. Emotional. What do you need to stay emotionally healthy? I mean, Catherine and I was really struggling for quite a long time in the sense of the last couple of years because emotionally, be very draining. Spiritually, it's been fine, but the problem is, though, if you're emotionally drained, it starts to affect your spirituality too, right? It's all connected, right? And so, and so, and so, all the things that happened the last couple of years, all the COVID—I mean, all of us have suffered in some way. But in this particular job, you don't want this job at that time. You can have a job at other times; it's all glorious. Actually, the ten years before that was wonderful. <laughs> no problem at all. But since the COVID time, and since the man, it's been hard. You know, we had a lot of counseling and people with me to strengthen us and, and, and it's emotionally draining. So you got to watch out. How, where do you find the sustenance? Where do you find this place? Where can you be honest? Where can people speak into your life? And what about your deep connection with God? We all need deep connection with God. We need communion with God. I mean, he's the one who's the strong one. He's the loving one. He's the kind one. He's the one that we need more than anybody else. You know, what's the amazing thing that he actually works when we sleep. It's true. When we relax, he works. Now, he works all the time. But there's something about that God works when we are relaxed. In the Bible, there's a, a parable that Jesus gave in Mark 4. And he says, the God's kingdom realm, so God's kingdom is like this. It's like someone spreading seed on the ground. And goes to bed and gets up. And day after day, the seed sprouts and grows tall, though he knows not how. Mystery. Put the seed in the ground, and after a while he goes to sleep in the bed, nothing happens. The rain comes, the sun comes, the wind, whatever comes in life, God provides these things. But he puts the seed in there, goes to sleep, it gets up, goes to sleep, and gets up, and suddenly there's a harvest. All by itself sprouts, and soil produces crop, and green stem, and head of stalk, and then fully developed grain. And then when the grain's ripe, he goes, put the sickle to the grain, because the harvest time has come. He says the kingdom of God is like this. So the stuff that we invest into, some of the three seeds that we put out, we try to always work really hard because we are so responsible and we got to work this seed because we're going to make sure that we get a return on that seed. Now the problem is that you can work so hard and forget about God in the mix. The kingdom of God is like, hey, when you put seeds into the ground, 
God is actually the bigger one and the bigger partner of your life. And he will start to water the things in your life. He will start to bring the, 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 multi, the, the multiplication. He will give you the favor of the business deal, of the, of the person at work or school, whatever. He'll have, hey, he'll work this thing out. And the angels are also working. They're working overtime for you. When we start putting seeds into the ground and life into the ground, we've got to also trust in the Lord and give space to the Lord. When we sleep, God is at work. It's amazing. In the middle of the night is when you get visions and dreams, right? Not during the day, right? Well, if you do, you're a daydreamer, you know. And that's fine, too. Some people daydream like, uh, yeah, daydream. But the thing is, though, normally it's at night. It's amazing at night. I get my dreams in my spa. My spa is my secret place. It's my hiding place. A lot of people have spas now, I know, because I know the person who sells spas. And through COVID, people don't know what to do with their money. And they bought spas and cars. Spas and cars. So a lot of people have spas. I'm going to ask you how many of you have spas. But it's, for me, it's my refuge. It has been for many, many years. And so I go into my spa. I, I spend two hours in my spa with the Lord. And I, I go away from my computer, away from my whatever stuff. And I'm just with the Lord with my spa. And the stars and the occasional plane. And satellites coming down. And so I spend time with the Lord and I get rejuvenated and I get visions and I get dreams and I talk to the Lord and I sing and I pray. And it's just my hiding place. It's a beautiful place that strengthens my soul. I love being in my spa. Who likes being in spa? I'll ask him. You got spa. Anyone likes to inspire? I did do it after all. Sorry. You haven't got one? Your second hand is not too bad, actually. No, if you buy one second hand, it's not too bad. If people say you can't afford one, they're not too bad these days. When we sleep, God is at work. <clears throat> when we sleep, when we trust in him, Lord, you do stuff. You do stuff. He starts working in our business, in our work, in our family, in our, in our schools, in our, in our relationships. He starts working. It's amazing what God does behind the scene. Amen? But do we trust him? Do we really trust him? Or do we have to work it ourselves? i got to work this thing, you know, because my responsibility. Yes, there's a responsibility that you have. But God is the bigger one. And he's working in your life every day. And I know there's many testimonies. Come on, put your hand. Testimonies you said that that shouldn't have gone through. That that shouldn't have worked. This didn't. Why? Because God did something, right? Come on, give your hands. God does this stuff. I see it all the time. Even when I speak sometimes, or often, I will speak, um, especially in Europe. In, I'm quite naughty in Europe. And um, not really, but uh, I love speaking in Dutch, and I just go for it, you know. And uh, and I just I just love it. And I um, something about speaking in another nation, uh, and and yeah, anyway, it's, it's so much fun. I just love it. I love it. See, if we live by the principles of God, then we are blessed. See, God says, God says to have a Sabbath. He says to have a day off. And so when we have the day off, there's something that says, I've got to work. I gotta more. Well, it doesn't work that way. I know we're all busy. I mean, I'm the first to say I'm busy. I always want to keep working. My problem is also, like I told you before, not an excuse. I don't want it to be an excuse that I actually love my work. That's not an excuse. I have used it as an excuse, but it can't be an excuse. So I am learning right now to say no. I'm learning to do this better, and I'll prove it to you, Catherine that I'll do this better uh, in my life. <laughs> the Sabbath was made for rest. Exodus 23, you have six days for a week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day you must stop working. This gives your ox and your donkey and your wife a chance to rest, <laughs> your children and your dog, and also allows the slaves and foreigners living on to be refreshed. 
They are refreshed. When you take a break, other people and yourself are refreshed. Amen? Four things that we kind of associate with the Sabbath, and some of you guys in, in um, small groups you'll, and large groups you'll see uh, this week some of those things. One is to stop work. To stop work. Two is to enjoy the rest. Enjoy rest. Then also is to practice delight, to say, hey, what I've done this now, six weeks work, five, six weeks work. This is amazing what God has done. Look, 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 amazing. It's in, and, and it's coming up. Hey, this is amazing too. And just take a time to just delight in God, delight in your family, delight in the Lord, delight in just enjoying life. Smell the roses. Do you guys ever smell the roses? I do too. And the roses are so nice in this country. So even my own roses are so beautiful. Sometimes just go to the rose. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's so important. Don't just run past it to another meeting. Come on. There's always going to be meetings. Let's, on respect on the Sabbath, take time. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself, you know. Thing. Mine is on Monday. Most of you will be Sunday, like today, because it's time for worship, family, friends, no work. The good thing, of course, there's nothing open in your office anyway, which is quite cool. Actually, for me, it's quite hard because on Monday, again, on excuse, I'm saying in my life how it's so difficult. Uh, on Monday, everything is going again. And so here I am having trying a break at 10 o'clock, and all the calls come. Hello. So I didn't need to just turn off my phone, Catherine. Hey, I need to do this thing, you know, your, your, your spa pool has to be cleaned, or your, your refrigerator has to be, whatever. Something happens somewhere on a Monday, right? I said, come on, go away, get lost. Six days I'm a pastor. On Monday I'm not. Bye bye. <laughs> bye bye. You know. See you later. I don't want to know you. <laughs> nah, it's not true. <laughs> I'll never do that. Now, sometimes I have. The old witness man. If they come here, I will not argue on a Sabbath. I'll say, God bless you. Go somewhere else. <clears throat> So that's the seven days, seven day rhythm, right? And then there's the daily rhythm. There's also a daily rhythm. Some people call it the daily office. Finding God in the daily office, in the day to day time, in my day. Like, to, like just a work day, Monday, Tuesday, just in the art of finding the secret place. Those moments of connection with God. I mean, He's always in us, He's always with us. But when we get really busy, as you know, we just don't connect with Him. We, Go hard, you know, we just tell whatever. Sometimes we totally forget about God. And so there's an invitation, and Brother Lawrence spoke about this in his book, of course, Practicing the Presence of God, is how we can learn to always be aware of the presence of God, you know, in everything that we do. Be aware of the presence of God. Those, those beautiful moments that we pause and reflect and be still and know that He is God. Just those moments Amen? And then you also acknowledge his goodness and his love and his power. His power in your life. Again, you try and do it yourself. But if we acknowledge his power, it's amazing what starts to happen. David did this. Look at Psalm 59. But as for me, I will sing about your power. I will sing about your power each morning. I will sing with joy about your unfailing love for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I'm in distress. See, David was amazing. He was a man after God's heart. And I know why. This is one of the reasons. Because he knew how to go to the secret place. He knew that God was his strength. He knew he had a call in his life. He was going to be king. He knew all that stuff. But he knew that he could not do it alone. And not do it without God. And so he honored God in his life all the time. And you see it in his life that he will always worship and sing and speak <coughs> to the Lord on a regular basis. Psalm 119, I stop to praise you seven times a day, all because your ways are perfect. 
I tell you, this will really help in business too, you know, because if you look at his ways, his ways are higher than our ways, right? His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So it's good for you anyway to just pause. I'm going into this meeting, but let's just, just for a moment. Lord, I just want to quiet my heart right now. I know what's going to happen over there, but I need your wisdom right now. I need your strength. I need your favor. Lord, I don't know actually how to do this perfectly, but I ask you that you anoint my mouth and that I just feel your presence right now. I just love you, Lord. I just love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being in my life. You know, when you do that, when you just quiet your voice, just for a moment, you quiet your own voice and you quiet your own thing and find this resting place. Amazing what you go into a meeting, you know. It's amazing what you do in all kinds of uh, situations when you just quiet yourself. Here's seven days, he says, so seven times a day. Your ways are perfect. Psalm 92 was actually a song for the Sabbath day. It's good to give thanks to the Lord. Sing his praises to the Most High. Declare your loving kindness in the morning and your faithfulness at night. You know, often talked about the whole thing of battle when you put on the armor. You, some people say, yeah, well, I, do, I do this time with the Lord at night. I said, it's very nice because I'm not a morning person. Well, I get this. The only problem is that when you go into the day, you're going into the battlefield. So what you're saying to me is you put Jesus on after you've been in battle. That's not a good plan. So I don't care if you're a morning person or not. I suggest, the whole Bible's full of it, that in the morning there's something about you before you start anything that you acknowledge God. That he is first. And you set the pace with him. And you focus on him first. Amen? 1 Chronicles 23. There are they to stand every morning to thank and praise the Lord. Likewise in the evening. The secret place. So my question to you is, what is your secret place? Or where? Where is your secret place? I know my is the spa. Some people go into the woods. They go for a walk. Some people in the car. Some people go for a jog or whatever you want to do. But where or even close your door behind you at home in the office and say, I'm just not there. Put the little sign on. Don't disturb. And have time with God. Have a sleep. Just relax. Have this time with God. See, for my secret place, I've told you before many times that my secret place in the morning, I will always honor God in the morning with my first fruits. So the first fruits of my lips and the first fruits of my thoughts and the first fruits of my first eating is the Lord. So I have communion every morning. I do it anyway because I think it's so, so powerful to think of Jesus in the cross and his finished work and all the blessings that come my way. And I need a bit of blessing every day. So I have it anyway. But the thing is, though, there's something about in the morning when you do first Jesus. Your first thoughts are Jesus, and you put Jesus first, and you put on the armor of God. And if you look at the armor of God, it's all Jesus anyway. You put on Jesus in every way, in your mind, in your heart, and your soul, and every part of you is Jesus. And I tell you, when you do, you really feel this readiness to go into the day. Amen? And then at night, I do two things. One, often I have a spa, like I said before, and I'll just sit there and do stuff and just relax and enjoy the Lord. And I come out with the best sermons and the best talks and the best thoughts and the best everything because he is so awesome and he just does stuff in my life when I just relax and go there. It's about the only place that will hold me still for long enough. Uh, everything else doesn't work. Okay, so sit still, listen to me. I said, I don't know, one minute. You know? I'm like that though, right? I can't do it. I'm, I'm not good at listening. I'm, so, I'm, I'm trying. I'm, I'm going to learn. I'm close to 60 now. I have to learn. Come on, I've got to learn this before 60. We've got to learn to listen to our wives, you know, and to kind of stuff. But the thing is, though, it's, <laughs> it's just hard for me because it's just not me. It's just, it's just hard for me. And I'm a pastor, you know, and it's just like, serious, man. Just, how much more do you have to say, you know? It's like, let's get on with it, you know? It's a bit like that, you know? So, so it's like one of those things. I'm not the pastor. Uh, Josiah, I will sit with you for hours and just listen to you till you're just like, 
it's awesome, but I'm not that great. Um, I'm not that bad either. But anyway, so go on. So that's one thing I do. The second thing I do, we do for a long time, 34 years married now, 34 years, all those who are married or aspiring to be married, we pray and we read the word every night. Every night. Without fail. Couples who pray together stay together. We've got to give God the glory and thank Him for the day and pray for our kids and stand together as and, a husband and wife. It's just the way it is, guys. It's just some of those things that you just come together and to take that time to walk with. And then during the day, like I said, I have different moments. I sometimes go take a dog for a walk and then spend time with the Lord. I sometimes go for a little nap. I sometimes go, whatever I do. But, but make sure that during the day that you have time to focus and to reset and to put it first. Amen? We're almost done. In Matthew 11, Jesus says, come to me. Very famous scripture. Come to me. You are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am and humble in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And then David says in the Psalms, and you may know that, I don't even know where it is exactly, but David talks about that he speaks to his soul. Remember? Soul, why are you downcast? Put your trust in God. See, he knows even how to encourage himself in the Lord. He speaks to his own soul. Come on, mind. Come on, soul. I know it's hard. I know there's enemies out there. I know there's hard things going on. But I speak to your soul. Trust in God because in the end, he's the only one who can save me. He's the only one who can empower my life. So that's why David is a great example of how to do the secret place all the time. He was worshiping all the time, praising God all the time. But he speaks to his own soul. I wonder how many times we speak to our own soul. Or do we allow, allow our soul to just have all this mayhem in your life sometimes? Shut up, soul. Be quiet. That's why it says, I think, in the Bible, <clears throat> to take captive those thoughts. Remember? Where is this coming from? You have those thoughts. Well, we all have them, right? Where did this thought come from? It's a terrible thought, you know. And I thought, no, said, take it obedient to Christ, make it obedient to Christ, said, take captive and make it obedient to Christ, to his will and his standards and his morality. Woo! We've got to speak to those things because if you let those thoughts go and you follow this trail, it can lead you in all kinds of trouble. Right? I love this in the message translation. Look at this. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a, come on together, real rest. Walk with me and work with me and watch how I do it. And here's the most important sentence of the morning. Learn, let's say it together, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-filting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Maybe this is one of the most powerful keys to living free. This whole series, Living Free, it says here, Living Free. You learn to live free and lightly when we come to Jesus and when we live by the unforced rhythms of grace. These things that God has put into place to acknowledge him all the days of our lives and during the day and have these rests when God has given us these rests. Come on, this is what living free is all about. It's about the Sabbath. 
When is your Sabbath? When you take a day off? I'm speaking to myself too. I want Mondays to be more, more quiet and more nothing. Just don't go away. And just go do nothing. I feel something. You know, I sometimes feel bad on Monday morning that I, that I sleep in or whatever. I used to never be able to sleep in because the kids got to go to school. Um, so we could never sleep in. It's a bummer. You know, a whole busy, you know how I feel. Eh? Busy Sunday, you know. And then like, oh, lovely on Monday. It's like my Saturday, you know. Oh, your Saturday. Uh, and it's like, oh, it's just wonderful. To sleep. Oh, even Sunday. It's wonderful to sleep in and let this know. And then, and then I thought, everybody else going to work. Look, so busy on the street, you know. And everybody's going like, oh, no. You know, but you have to keep your mind. No, no, this is my work day. Sunday is crazy for me, for Catherine and I. We work for, for 7 o'clock. We get up and we go to bed at 11 o'clock. And most of it will be church. Almost all of it will be church. And so it's a very big day for us. So I like Mondays anyway because I'm tired anyway. And just take a rest. Actually, the other day on a Monday, I sat in the spa at 10 o'clock in the morning. So Catherine said, what are you doing? So I'm having my Hamner Springs in my own garden. <laughs> I don't want to go all the way to Hamner Springs, but I want to have Hamner Springs in my own garden. So I just jumped in my spa on the Monday morning. I felt great. This is so cool. You guys go to work. God bless you all. <laughs> I'm in my spa, you know. So now you know what I'm doing. So don't come on Monday and ask me questions, ask me pastoral things, ask me about theology, or come to my house. Please don't do it, because my dog will, be <laughs> will come to you. I've trained him on the Sabbath. Anybody on Monday, even, even the Uber people, you know, when they come for my son, they're like, they're scared. <laughs> Sabbath, weekly schedule, but also the daily, daily secret. What are the daily habits that you have? The daily habits of successful people is this, and blessed people, is to have breaks and to be in close contact with God all the time and to stay practicing the presence. From the rising of the sun, Psalm 113, to the, to the place where it sets, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Praise the Lord all the time. You know what I do too, by the way? If I sit in my car, I've got to go somewhere to a talk or to a pastor visit or whatever, I will, I will always put music on, almost always. Unless I want to pray in tongues, I'll do that too and just sit there and pray in tongues for the whole thing. But normally I will pray, put on music because I will encourage myself in the Lord. I want to go in that space of the Holy Spirit. I want him to speak to me. And in the praises of God, something happens in God. So when you're in the car, don't you just look and listen to more of them. I mean, I love more of them and I love those guys. Well, I don't, actually don't love them because uh, I, I never listen to them. Uh, but the thing is though, but I mean, I love the people. You know what I mean? They're, they're good people. You know what I mean? But the thing is though, listen to God. Listen to, make time for God. Don't waste time. Don't waste time in those beautiful moments that you have time alone to listen to the Lord. Psalm 34, I will praise the Lord all times. I will constantly speak of his praise. Come on, he is worthy all the time. Amen? He's worthy of our praise, our worship, our lives. It's no longer I that live, but he that lives in me. And I give him my life all the time. So take those moments during the day to realign your life. I tell you, when you do this kind of stuff, when we together start doing this kind of stuff, we will get in such a beautiful, unforced rhythms of grace movement. It will be so beautiful for us that we won't be so tired. We won't be so depressed. We'll realign ourselves. Divine order will come into our lives. And we will live a blessed life because we start living according to the principles of God. And we live, and we, then we are blessed by God because He blesses His principles. Amen? And so this morning we have heard some principles in this way. And you know, this, I believe, is living free. It's living from eternity. It's living from being seated in heavenly places with Christ. It is seated, knowing, seated, you're not standing, you're seated in heavenly places with full authority, full grace, unconditional love. In the finished works of Christ. And that empowers you then in life to do what you have to do, to be what you have to be in the routines and the unforced rhythms of grace. Amen? Father, we thank you so much for your unforced rhythms of grace. We invite you 
to come into our schedule. Lord, we all have agendas, and Lord, sometimes we don't even put you in there. We put all the other things in there. We don't put you in there. We pray, Lord, together that we would seek you in this way. Lord, we would be honoring you with the Sabbath. We would be honoring you with the daily office of finding times, moments to be with you, to acknowledge you, to honor you, to bless you. To be strengthened in you, for our souls to be rejuvenated, re-strengthened, recalibrated, refreshed in your presence. Refreshed in your presence. Lord, we worship you. And we give you so much praise, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.